You're listening to the Women in Western podcast hosted by Christina Miller and Cheyenne Draves, a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number two of the Women in Western podcast. Happy Wednesday. Today is the episode that we get to know Christina a little bit better. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm feeling really good. I'm excited to be able to share a little bit about my story. I'm so excited. We got such good feedback from last week from sharing my story, and everyone's just been so excited to learn a little bit more about you, especially considering you don't share a ton on social media. So I feel like I'm the oversharer. <laughs> and I'm the non-sharer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Each have their pros and cons. So we are really excited to dive into getting to know Christina. Like I said, thank you guys again so much for all the positive feedback from last week. Um, We definitely have some audio things that we're going to work through and all of that kind of stuff, but we're just really excited to record and share and work out the bugs along the way. Yes, we are. It's definitely been a learning curve um, and I'm going to learn a little extra today because today will be my first day editing, which will be really fun, but um, yeah, bear with us on the sound quality because it will get better with time. We promise. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more that goes into podcasting than just recording and uploading. Like it's it's a whole thing. We've had to do a lot of research to learn this. So thank you guys for um, tuning in and listening to what we've put a lot of hard work into. Yes, we appreciate y'all. Well, let's get started. Christina, I'm really excited for you to share your story with everyone. But let's start out with where you're from and where you grew up. So I'm from Montana and that's the place that I claim as home, <laughs> but I grew up in Northern Michigan. So most of my childhood, uh, I did spend in Northern Michigan growing up around the Great Lakes. It's absolutely gorgeous there. I don't love it anymore by any means. I'm really glad that I didn't continue living there through my young adult life, but grew up in Northern Michigan, um, moved to Montana in the middle of high school, and then moved to other places after that, but that's really where I spent the most time growing up um, and kind of getting to know myself more was in Montana, and that's where I call home. Yeah, and your family still all lives there too. We'll get into where you've gone, but your family has for the most part stayed in Montana too, so I know that that's why you call that place home because family's there and it's absolutely beautiful. Yes, it's absolutely gorgeous in Montana, and my family does still live there, and I travel back frequently, so that's definitely where I call home. I love it. And you went to high school in Montana. Tell us about that. Yes. So I actually started out my high school career, so to speak, uh, in northern Michigan in Elk Rapids. I went to high school my freshman year and my sophomore year there. And then my parents decided to make a move to Montana in the middle of high school. So as a teenager, that was absolutely like unacceptable (laughs) for me. Well, you were homeschooled, weren't you, up until high school or middle school, right? So yeah, actually I was homeschooled in middle school. My mom has a teaching degree and so she decided to homeschool us for as long as it worked out well with her schedule. 
and we all really enjoyed it. Um, the only downside to homeschooling for me personally was that when I did finally go to public school, it was culture shock for me. I was socially awkward. I had no social skills whatsoever. And so it was really hard when I walked into public high school for the first time ever. Um, well, yeah. And then you walk into public high school, you said in Michigan, and then you're like, okay, first time in public school. And then you're uprooted and headed to Montana. Yeah, exactly. Like right when I was starting to get comfortable with being in public school and like kind of making friends, like not only was I socially awkward, I'm also introverted and I'm incredibly shy. And if you know me, like I have RBF. So I'm kind of like not approachable (laughs) as well. So it was really hard for me to kind of like make connections and get out there. So, you know, here we are sophomore year, I'm starting to get more comfortable. Um, I've always really loved school. I did really well. And so I at least had that part of high school that I really enjoyed. And I loved where I went to high school, the classes that we offered. um, You know, they did like introductory college classes, stuff like that. So, you know, I get the news, hey, we're moving across the country. We're going to go to Montana and you're going to go to um, a private school there. And I was like, "Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Little old me in high school didn't really have a choice. So (laughs) we moved to Montana and my parents – you know, things were kind of like back and forth on where we were going to live. And so I ended up enrolling in public school, um, went there for a couple days, and then it worked out for me to end up going to the private school. So they withdrew me from public school, re-enrolled me in a private school. I was planning on actually living in a dormitory for high school and moved into my dorm, wasn't in love with that, ended up only being there for like a week. And then I moved out of the dorm. So like this all happened within like a two week time span. So it was kind of crazy the beginning of my junior year in high school, but, um, you know, things got better. I really started to enjoy doing things in Montana. We had extracurricular classes like snowboarding and rock climbing, all that kind of stuff. So when it came time for college, I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I decided I was going to enroll at our local college, Montana State University, because I went to high school in Bozeman, Montana. And so I enrolled, applied for scholarships. Um, I got scholarships, got in right away, and grateful that I didn't have to spend any money on college because two years into college, I ended up realizing that it was absolutely not for me, and I dropped out. Didn't love being a student in college, Um, so it was time to pursue something new. What a journey that you had in high school and into college for someone like you. That is so introverted and doesn't really consider herself super social and was able to go into all of those different social settings of switching schools a bajillion times and going into a big university after being in like probably the world's smallest private school. It That's, was the smallest private school. <laughs> God really uh, threw you through a loop on that one. Yeah. It's like, here, let's graduate with 22 kids and then go to a college of like 15,000 kids upwards and growing. And um, the college was beautiful. And I did absolutely love, you know, kind of experiencing that atmosphere for a short time, but it wasn't something that I wanted to experience any longer than the two years that I was there. So Exactly. So you decided that college was not for you, which a lot of people decide that. I think a lot of people have that realization into college at such a young age that it's not for them. So what happened after that? After college, my parents decided to actually relocate again uh, to Colorado. And so 
at that point, I wasn't really tied to staying in Bozeman, Montana. I really loved it there, but moved down to Colorado to be closer to my family. And in doing that, I had no idea what I wanted to do for my career still. So I decided to kind of um, go towards the route that my dad did, and he has a technical degree. So I did a little bit of research, and I've always really loved going to the dentist, which is kind of funky because I think that's probably something that most people like absolutely hate. But I personally <laughs> love going to the dentist. So I looked into dental assisting, and I ended up getting into a 12-week course. I believe it was 12-week course there in northern Colorado. And I remember the moment that was not for me in a root canal procedure. And so that was kind of the end of that. After that, I kind of just worked random jobs here and there, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to go back to school again to do something to just find out that I didn't like it. Um, And I'm a huge believer, like, you'll never know unless you try. So um, let me tell you, I've tried a lot of things. You have lived a lot of life and you have definitely tried a ton of careers, which I always thought was super cool because I don't think people try enough things in their early 20s and figure out kind of who they are and what they like. So I think that's really cool that you got to experience so many different careers and learn what you loved and what you didn't love. Yeah, it definitely has its perks. Um, And then also like there's downsides to it too, but at least looking back, I can look back and say, you know, I tried it. It was something that I was interested in. I tried it. It wasn't for me and I can move forward. So there's no regrets in, in doing that. Um, definitely wish I would have had more of a clear picture on where I wanted to go career wise, I think for myself, but I think it was all, you know, part of God's plan in my life. And I had to go through some stuff, um, stuff and things in order to get to where we're at now. So in the journey of finding out what you want to do with your life, learning more about yourself in your career, you know, a lot of people in their early 20s are also figuring out who they are in relationships. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I actually um, got married in my early 20s and shortly after I got divorced. So during that time frame of kind of bouncing around job to job, not having a real clear picture of where I wanted to go career-wise, and then also experiencing um, a divorce at a really young age, I kind of just took um, a step back and was like, I'm just going to kind of live a little. I'm not going to worry or get super crazy stressed out about stuff. Um, I didn't want to be you know, in another relationship. So after my divorce... Um, I just kind of was just living, I guess, just so to say. Um, And then coincidentally, as I was just doing my thing, um, a friend of mine invited me to go with her to meet somebody. And he was also bringing a friend. So she's like, hey, just come with me. So this isn't really awkward. If it goes bad, like you can just come up, you know, because she was she was actually a bartender. And so she was working the bar that night. She's like, he's coming in. Um, They're going to sit at their own table. And I just want you to be there for like backup support. And I remember walking into the restaurant that night and seeing these two guys sitting there. I like walk in, see them sitting. I glare at them. And then I walk on by and go sit down at the bar where my friend was working and order my food. And 
uh, lo and behold, like I never went to talk to them, nothing. Lo and behold, the guy that I glared at that evening would end up being my husband a couple years later. But the RBF is so real, guys. <laughs> yes. And he tells me all the time, you know, you just glared at me. And I actually ended up seeing him, um, I think it was like four or five times more where in social settings where I would see him and be around him, but I never actually introduced myself. And I had a horse at the time actually. And his name was Joe. And I remember talking to my friend and I had said something about Joe because I had him boarding at a stable and I was talking about a lesson that I did. And my husband, whose name is Joe, turns around and looks at me. He's like, what? And I was like, I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) I was so rude to him, you guys. I don't even know (laughs) how we ended up getting past that. But um, yeah, so I ended up adding him on Facebook and he messaged me back right away. And that was the end of it. Uh, Two years later, we ended up getting married at the DMV um, and we've been happily married ever since. We actually just celebrated our fifth year wedding anniversary this year. So time really flies. It's absolutely crazy. Oh, big congrats. Yes, we love Joe. And Um, I think we kind of mentioned this a little bit last week, but the way that Christina and I are related is I am married to her cousin and my husband, Josh, and Christina and Joe kind of started dating around the same time. So I've kind of known Christina and Joe since before they got married. And it's been just really fun to see their relationship grow and just the maturity in their relationship and them realizing what they want. And it's been really cool. I absolutely adore you too. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Well, tell us a little bit about the early years of you and Joe being married. Um, You guys have had quite the five years of marriage. So let us know what life has been like in the five years of your guys' marriage. Oh, gosh. It's been adventurous. That's a good way to describe how we live our life. (laughs) So we got married. We lived in Colorado at the time. And my husband um, has been in the oil field since he was probably, I think, 17 years old. And so he was kind of exploring career options on where he wanted to take his career in the oil field. And so he got into inspection. And if anybody knows much about inspection, that is a traveling career. And you guys are still living in Colorado. Yes. So we're still living in Colorado at the time. And my husband starts traveling full time for his career. And I was currently working for a um, company in Denver. And we were just kind of learning like our independence um, for ourselves within our marriage. So, So it was a big season of growth for the both of us. And yeah, I've experienced that in a relationship too, when Josh was cowboying full time and never home. So I think both you and I have spent a season of our life learning that independence within a relationship and it's hard, but you also learn a lot about yourself in that time. And I think it's really positive and can have a lot of growth. Yes, absolutely. And that was definitely something that I think God, you know, it was a God thing. He knew I needed that time to to grow up a little bit more that season of independence within a marriage was really, really amazing. So my husband's traveling and I was working a career in Denver um, that I didn't really love. And I think at that point in my life, I was like, you know what? I want something more. Well, you were also starting to get into barrel racing too. And your good barrel horse was kind of inspiring you at the time, right? To have that job so you could potentially pursue that. Yeah. 
So I didn't grow up in the Western community. My parents um, got us horses when we were younger, and I absolutely loved having them, but we basically just trail rode. And so I didn't really know a whole lot in depth about like the Western sports, horses, all that kind of good stuff. And so my husband, um, he he's a horseman and he does all that stuff. He's a team roper too. And he had horses that he was training at the time. And so I kind of rode them here and there. And I was like, yeah, I think I want a barrel race. <laughs> and so um, team roper Joe was probably so stoked for you to say that. He was that. so thrilled that his wife wanted a barrel race. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I was like, I want a barrel race and we don't have a horse to run barrels on that I could actually learn on. So my husband um, called me one day and he was like, hey, I have this friend. He has an amazing finished horse. He just wants to find him a good home. Do you want him? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, of course I want him. So that was my first ever barrel horse. And that was Dandy. So my mother-in-law used to be a barrel racer and she's really, really amazing at teaching. So she started teaching me kind of basics with my new horse and it really sparked a love and interest in barrel racing and rodeo. So I kind of started doing a little bit more research on that, really getting into you know, what it would take to be able to get out on the road. And so that kind of led me to that point where I was like, in order to do this and have the flexible career and also the funds to be able to eventually learn, um, you know, more horsemanship and getting out on the road years down the road, I would have to have a way to sustain that kind of lifestyle. So that led me to the point where I was thinking, you know, I need to own my own business. So you're thinking about starting your own business. How do you even go about that? How did you even start that? That's such a daunting task. I just basically started with YouTube. I was like, let's go ahead and Google things. <laughs> like I wasn't really sure which route of business, whether it be service or product-based. And I've always loved cosmetics. I have been a huge fan of watching YouTube's makeup application tutorials, all that for so long. And at the time, I had just... Um, developed like an obsession with constantly wearing lashes. Um, I just really truly thought it made my makeup look go from like a five to a 10 when I would wear lashes and I just loved wearing them personally. So I was like, you know what, this is a product that I use every day and that I really love. Let's go with a lash business. And so from that point on, I just kind of dove into YouTube and watched a lot of tutorials, um, there's just a library of information readily available to you. So I went ahead and opened um, Dandy Lashes and I named it after my horse Dandy because he was the one that inspired me to do something different. That's amazing that you basically just used the school of Google and YouTube to start this little dream called Dandy Lashes that's turned into what it has today. But at that time, you know, you start your business, you're living in Colorado, your husband's traveling full time. What happens next for you? Joe's traveling full time and I'm still at home. And at that point, I guess uh, we were not really loving being apart, maybe more so on my end. And during all of this, like I was driving after work every Friday down to Texas and then back on Sunday afternoon in order to be able to see my husband for like a 24 hour period. And so that was getting really exhausting to travel that much just to be able to spend time with each other. It kind of came about in my career and the job that I had in Denver. Um, it was time to end that chapter in my life. So I left that position and the opportunity opened up for me to just go travel full time with my husband. So for a year and a half, I traveled 
all over the U.S. with Joe, and it was amazing. I've met so many amazing people. The community that travels, it's like a whole different thing in itself, but um, we lived the first year. I think I lived in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. That is absolutely insane. <laughs> however, yeah, it's culture shock. <laughs> however, you were used to living that many places because of all of the <laughs> traveling and moving and all those things you did at such a young age in high school and early childhood. Yes, I have always really loved travel and I'm used to change. Um, so so I was really good with um, all the change going on with moving place to place. But over time, you know, that does get a little bit exhausting when you're trying to work on bigger goals. So in the midst of all of that, I stopped doing the lashes. Yeah, you don't know where the post office is in the town you're at. You're living in a trailer, so you don't have room for all the inventory you're holding. And it's not like you can just Amazon Prime supplies that you need to a random trailer park in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, it was much more difficult to operate that way <laughs> rather than just being in a stationary place. So I, you know, was like, this isn't serving me in my life right now. And so I just kind of closed the business doors and let it just sit for a while, took a break and just really enjoyed that season of traveling with my husband full time. And then later on that year in 2020, actually, um, which they heard in our interview with you is when I called you and we started things back up. So um, that's kind of like in the timeline of where everything with Dandy Lashes was, but after all that traveling around um, and wanting to, you know, get back to having a more structured lifestyle, uh, I made the decision to move and this time not back to Colorado, but to our dream location of Texas. We always knew we wanted to settle in Texas. Like my husband and I are obsessed with Texas. Um, it's my heart state. So yeah, now I'm living in my dream state and being able to work the business, dandy lashes, and start new ventures, which led us here now to this podcast, which we're really, really excited about. What a cool adventure your life has been with so much travel and moving and experience and career experience. You truly have lived so much life in your short 30 years, Christina. It's really inspiring and cool. Now your everyday life in Texas, running your businesses, life is not all work and no play. So tell us a little bit about passions and hobbies of yours and stuff that makes you happy. My passions and hobbies. Well, I still have a barrel horse. Um, it's sadly not dandy. He um, is unfortunately no longer in my life, but I was presented with the opportunity to buy another amazing finished barrel horse, Pepper. So I have him, and right now my main hobby is just keeping him in shape. This summer we'll probably be doing some exhibitions and maybe go to a race or two here or there. But other than um, barrel racing, I am absolutely obsessed with fitness. I kind of got into the fitness industry a few years back, and I wanted to get into, um, like, bikini competitions, hired a coach and did that for a short season of time in Colorado. And since um, traveling, I did take a little bit of a break in fitness and got a little bit off track. So this last year or two years, I really just dove into the health industry, learning more about healthy, sustainable lifestyles and getting back into shape. So I've been really enjoying a lot of um, working out and learning more about the health and wellness industry lately. 
Yeah, that's something that you and I both share, and I'm really excited to do more podcasts about that, um, especially different challenges we've done <laughs> and are yes. currently doing. <laughs> but yeah, that's been something that you and I have both shared. And it's been really cool to watch you grow in that and develop such a passion for fitness. Like your passion for fitness has truly inspired me to take better control of my health and my diet and lifting weights especially. So it's been really cool watching you and inspiring watching you in your fitness journey. Thank you so much. I absolutely love hearing that. Well, to wrap up, one thing that we want to ask every guest that comes on the podcast, starting out with Christina and I answering these in our interviews, what is one thing that people can learn from your story and how can people get value from your story? I think that one thing that you can learn from my story is that it's okay to not know exactly where you're going all the time. It's okay to just let God lead in your life and to not worry about tomorrow so much that it stresses you out. I think a lot of the time I look back and think, you know, well, if I would have had a clear direction right away out of college, I would be doing this or that. But there were so many things that I had to go through in life to learn um, and develop skills that I didn't have in order to be able to handle the things that I've been um, presented in life currently. And so it's okay to not always know exactly where you want to go. Wow. You have such a testament to just trusting God's plan in your life. And I hope that our listeners can gain that knowledge and be able to apply that in their lives. I know that we probably have a lot of listeners that are in their early 20s kind of going through what you went through when you were that age, figuring out who you were um, in both relationships and career-wise and just didn't feel like you had it all figured out early on. And I don't think any of us do. And I think that people need to realize that. So, um, But Christina, thank you so much for sharing your story on this podcast. I know people are going to learn so much from what you shared. And I hope people know you a little bit better after this episode. I'm really glad I was able to get on here and share today. It's such an amazing platform to be able to share things with others. And so we're really excited that y'all are here today listening with us. And thank you very much. We are so excited about this platform. We're so excited for the weeks to come. After this, we're going to start having some episodes with some other guests and episodes, just Christina and I still talking about different topics and things that we hope you can get value from. Make sure to subscribe. If you like the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and share. Tag us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you all. So tune in next Wednesday for next week's episode. See y'all next week. Bye.